This episode of Bradley's House Podcast is brought to you in part by our friends at HeyGoodFarms.com. HeyGood Farms' goal has always been to provide hemp products that improve your quality of life. And their process is really the difference maker. HeyGood Farms handles your product from the dirt all the way to delivery. This ensures a top quality product every time. And all their hemp comes from the same process, from the same facility, ensuring consistency in every order. Check out HeyGoodFarms.com. That's H-A-Y-G-O-O-D-F-A-R-M-S.com. And check out their incredible line of gummies, cartridges, oils, skincare, capsules, and even a line of products for our furry friends in the pet care section. The point of using CBD is to make sure that you're not putting bad stuff into your body. So check out HeyGoodFarms.com. You can see their lab results, reviews, and read more about their process and what makes HeyGoodFarms.com the leader in the CBD and hemp industry. We thank Hey Good Farms for sponsoring this podcast and working with the Knoll Family Foundation in getting Bradley's house open to help us in our war against opioids. Hello, this is Adrian Young from No Doubt, and you are listening to Bradley's House Podcast. Hello guys, welcome back. Come on in, make yourself at home, as you should when you're a guest in Bradley's house. I am your co-host, Jared Orr. She is the executive director of the Knoll Family Foundation, and our host, Ms. Kelly Knoll. Kelly, how you doing today? I'm doing really good, Jared. How about you? I'm always super good. Honestly, <laughs> Kelly, when, when things are good, they're good. When things are bad... They're still pretty fucking good, right? Like, I, I you got to stay positive. Absolutely. It definitely helps. Plus, no one likes, you know, hear all the negative crap. But there is a time and a place for being honest about how you feel. Although this probably isn't it. So, lie to me, Jared. That's all. Just lie to me. Right. I'm, I'm super. I, I couldn't, I couldn't lie if I had to. I'm, I'm, things are going good. And I'm always super because we're getting ready to record another episode of Bradley's House, which is usually the highlight of my week whenever we get a chance to sit down and chat. Uh, mostly because everybody knows that I'm recording, so they have to leave me alone. So my phone doesn't go off. My kids don't ask for anything. Uh, and I can just sit here and chat. And it's always awesome because you always line up an amazing house guest for me and our listeners. So Kelly, who are we hanging out with today? Today, we have a very special guest with us. He reached out to me. um, Actually, it was years ago because ever since we started the foundation, um, this band has been huge supporters of us and always just so encouraging, sending messages, wearing our merch, taking pictures, helping to promote. And then um, Rob reached out to me recently and let me know something that I didn't know, which is that in addition to being the vocalist and guitar for the Ruffalos, he's also a licensed clinical social worker. So I thought this would be a great opportunity to really tie in the music and the 
um, you know, the, the social work aspect and all that kind of stuff that we're always talking about. Um, so I'm excited. I think this will be a really great show. So Rob Passes, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm very excited to have many different conversations today. Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. So let's start with you. Where are you from? So me personally, I, I grew up in Pico Rivera, um, okay. not too far from Long Beach and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I have born and raised there, my family. Um, I recently moved to Pomona, Pomona, okay. California. Um, me and my <laughs> wife, we got a house. We have our dogs here um, mm. trying to get get the life going and everything. And it's it's going well. It's going well. Nice. We just recently got married. Shout out to to her. It's it's been been awesome. Thank you. When did you get married? Was it during the pandemic? Actually, kind of uh, yeah. March fifth of this year. Oh, was that two, very two months ago. Yeah. Very recent. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you both. Thank you. Thank you. Was yeah, it, we're both very excited. Was it stressful trying to plan a wedding with all the uncertainty of the COVID stuff and the regulations and all that? Yes and no. Um, mm-hmm. We've tried to plan it out ahead. Um, there was another wave that happened around two months yeah. ago that was made some guests nervous, and we understood, and it's perfectly okay. But everyone that showed up, we, we had a beautiful time. Oh, God. My yeah. oldest son got married in October, and so it was you know the same kind of thing with all the the craziness of never really knowing for sure, okay, when it comes right down to it, you know, and it was outdoor <laughs> and all that, but still all that certainty thrown in with Definitely. wedding planning yeah. is never fun. Mm-hmm. And how many dogs do you have? We have three. We have three. Two. Yeah. What kinds? One's a husky, full-bred uh-huh. husky. Wow. One's a, a husky wolf dog, uh, like oh, a little my goodness. mix of wolf and her. Uh-huh. And the latest edition is a German sh- shepherd mixed with a pit bull. Oh, how cute. Yeah. It's, a, it's a nice little pack. We call them a bitch pack because they're all, all girls. <laughs> sounds about right. Well, that sounds, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Okay, so, Rob, let me ask you. Uh, just had your wedding on the 5th. Obviously, music's a big deal to you. Mm-hmm. What song do you and your new wife dance to at the wedding? What was your wedding song? It was called Distant Travelers by Mike Love. Oh, it's okay. it's a it's a story about two distant travelers traveling the universe and finding each other in different lifetimes. It's it's a beautiful song. That sounds beautiful. I'm gonna yeah. have to check that out. Yeah, distant it's, travelers. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I've heard a few Mike Love songs. I'm not sure if I've heard that one. Excuse me while I make a note here. <laughs> all good. All good. <laughs> all right. So, um, and then how did you get started playing with the Ruffalos? So the Ruffalos started in. 2017. Um, I've always played music um, my whole life. At nine years old, I started guitar. Um, oh, wow. The, the reason I started guitar was honestly because of Sublime. I, I picked up a CD from my cousin and it had Lou Dog on, on the cover Aww. and everything. And I liked it because I love dogs. Uh-huh. Um, I listened to it, got into the, the style of music, the style of playing. My brother, my dad, my uncle play guitar. Um, they've always forced me to want to learn guitar too so uh-huh. i said could teach me these songs they did and that's how that started wow time went on and ruffalo started with two of my buddies at the time they're no longer in the band right now um life happens the drummer um original drummer charlie has a family now um he's with another band the original bass player marty um he's moved to new mexico oh wow but in 2017 
we all knew each other in passing. The uh-huh. bass player had a band that broke up. He asked me, hey, I have this bar gig on Wednesday night. Um, I need a band to fill it. Um, it could turn to an, into an every Wednesday night thing if we do good. I know you have songs. Um, I called the drummer. We all met up. We made a set, played one night, and then it all of a sudden turned into a seven-month residency at this bar called Mokehi's in Whittier. Wow. And we partied every Wednesday night. We were rock stars on Wednesday, as we called it. Um <laughs> And it was something really cool to do. We were young. We enjoyed it. We People came, supported us. We wrote different style of music. Anything and everything from covers to originals to oldies to mm. jazz to... There was no rhyme or reason to what we were doing other than let's just have a good night on a Wednesday night with all our people. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. And that was just 2017, is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, that's when nice. it, the band technically started. So I think we were playing a little bit before 2017, but the name Ruffalo's and that everything started then. Um, and where does the name come from? Mm-hmm. That's that's a funny story. Um, there's a, a comedy skit from Comedy Central called Key and Pill. Um, uh-huh. He talks it back to dogs. Um, he says, I'm going to name my dog Ruffalo. For whatever reason, I laughed with my brother. Um, I looked into it. I typed it on Google. I think I spelled it wrong because I think normally Ruffalo is with an A, like Mark Ruffalo. Uh-huh. So yeah. I put an O, and on Urban Dictionary, it said Ruffalo's means cocks. <laughs> and I just, I laughed. <laughs> I thought it was the funniest thing, and I'm like, that'd be funny. It's a dog reference. It's cock <laughs> reference. If we tell people where the Ruffalo's... They're not gonna know. They're saying we're the cocks, and oh, we're just funny. we're just dicks on stage that are just trying to have a good time. <laughs> so oh, it, it it took off. We, yeah, yeah, and we tried it at a show. We played a again a Wednesday night. We we said it, and people laughed. They asked oh, what it meant. Funny. I said, "Well, look it up," and the bar <laughs> went into laughter even more. And if it you, was uh, it was a good time. <laughs> if you aren't. If you aren't selling your own labeled lollipops at the merch table and selling <laughs> Ruffalo suckers, you're totally missing the boat here, brother. You can oh have that one. You can have that one. I don't need. I, I'll, 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 I'll throw. I'll throw credit for you. I'll throw credit. Oh I'll, I'll send you a box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, need to be, you need to be selling Ruffalo suckers at the merch table. Oh my gosh. That's pretty um, funny. That's yes. a good idea. Oh, well, before he starts telling some dick jokes, which is what Jared <laughs> is famous for, um, tell us about your tattoos. You sent me some pictures. You've got some amazing artwork. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, um, I've always told people if I ever got a tattoo, it'd be the Everything Under the Sun um, album cover. Uh-huh. Um, everyone laughed like that's a really big tattoo to get for your first yeah. one. Yeah, um, it's, it is. Yeah. Intricate and... Lots of color mm-hmm. and lots of filler. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I just always so felt like if, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to, I'm going to go big. Oh my, uh, my wife introduced me to a tattoo artist that she, she goes, went to most of her life, all her life. Uh-huh. Um, crown, crown and dagger tattoo in Lancaster. Nice. Um, I went there, asked for it. He did it. And then it, it turned into a bunch more. <laughs> and it like but, wraps around your, your leg, right? Like your it does. Calf? It does. So my whole calf is the album cover of everything under the sun and then my shin is my own version that i asked him can we do the same concept but with the moon i know opie's the one to do it but 
I didn't know I could get in contact with him at the time. Uh-huh. So I had this guy draw it up. Um, and now I have this whole vision, like, version of the sun, the moon, yeah. waves, and creatures, and fish. It's it's really it's, cool. I love it. It's really spectacular. The colors are incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it gets a lot of... I'm always wearing shorts. I'm always wearing rainbow sandals. At, uh-huh. doesn't matter where it's at. I'm, I'm probably wearing shorts and sandals. Um, so everyone, everyone sees it and that shows it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's a big tribute to, for me with where my music comes from, um, where the band music's come from, my inspiration. Mm. Um, people get to see that. And it even led to getting a tattoo of the Ruffalo's on my back. Um, as cliche as it is with Bradley doing the sublime, it's, it's important to me. It's music's very, it's, it's a part of who I am. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm telling you, these these tattoos, I'm looking at pictures right now while we talk, they are a commitment. I hope everybody mm-hmm. understands these are not like little tattoos. Oh, and I was excited when um Sublime reposted the my calf on, oh, on the page. Yeah. I was so stoked. Oh, that was so it's, cool. It's really beautiful. Well, we'll have to post some pictures of these when we mm-hmm. post the link for the episode. So everybody yeah, we'll can share see those. what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have really a... Cool. I have a few ideas for uh, some really cool sublime tattoos as well. I just haven't figured out where on Anna's body mm-hmm. I can put them. <laughs> you can put them on Anna. Yeah, we- yeah. Well, I feel like she's got like one, two, six hundred and fourteen tattoos, and I have zero. <laughs> so she is more like her 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 palate is ready for it. Is what I'm saying. My my tender skin. I don't know, but I think. Yeah. It, they probably look. They look. They look better on her anyway. Well, she does have a lot of fabulous tattoos, and actually, Anna and I tried to convince Jarrett to get a tattoo with us. We were all going to get matching tattoos a couple weeks ago in remembrance of a good friend of ours that passed away. But Jarrett Sorry was not hear. going for it. Thank you. I, yeah, I, I. It's so funny you say that because I almost texted you this morning and said, "Remember the tattoos that almost yeah. happened?" That yeah, like- no, it seriously almost happened. We walked into this tattoo place. And uh, the guy said it was $150 minimum per person, cash only. And we kind of looked at each other like, (laughs) okay, never mind. Like, we just wanted something little. But anyway, we'll do it one of these days. One of these days. I'm I'm inspired by your tattoos now, Rob. Maybe next (laughs) time. Do it. Do it. It's a a time of your life, and you always remember it. It's important. I know. I have two, and I love them. But, um, yeah, one of these days we're going to – maybe we'll tattoo Jarrett in his sleep or something. (laughs) That's super but, ethical, right? I mean, Anna, Anna, Anna has she's a tattooer. I mean, she's done tattoos. She's she has she has tattooed herself. She so has. I'm, sh- I'm sure she would have no problem. Artist, but well, well, she's 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 tattooed others with wonderful. For she spent six years doing tattoos. So. Oh, oh wow! Oh, I didn't realize she did it like. Yeah, no, she can she can like oh, give okay. a real tattoo. Uh, okay. the, the fact that she fucked around and put them on herself was just because she was bored on a Wednesday yeah. one day. <laughs> but she she was paid. She was a professional tattoo artist. She oh, yeah. Gosh, I'm always learning something new about Anna. Yeah, she, you know. Yeah, yeah. All right, so then tell us, Rob, if you would, how you ended up getting into being a licensed social worker. Growing up, um, my my oldest nephew has um, a disability called Shaw-Gibbs syndrome. Um, it's a rare genetic disorder that I think there's only maybe 50 known cases in the world right now of it. Wow. Um, 
we originally, or my sister, they always thought it was a form of like autism, which it, it is in, in uh-huh. a general sense. But the genetic part is Jacques Gibbs. When genetic testing became a thing, um, they realized that. Wow. So I've always been around families, um, friends, um, companies, services, social workers that would come to the house um, with my sister sure. living at my parents at the time. And when she got her own place, I'm always over there with her. Um, I learned a lot about the helping profession. Mm. Um, it's something that has a special place in my heart. Um, so when I went to school, finished high school, um, went to college, went to Whittier College, and they had social work. I did not mm. know what it meant. I had an idea. Um, my sister kind of pushed me like, hey, you should probably look into that because I originally wanted to do music therapy, but they didn't have it. Mm. Um, so I did it. I tried it. I fell in love with it. I enjoy the concept of networking, community, grassroots organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, even more than that, I've always had this vision of creating some sort of work in the field for supporting children, teens, and adults with special needs. Um, oh, wow. Particularly autism. Um, that's where my expertise, not expertise, but my experience comes in, right. I guess you could say. Um, so... I did my bachelor's in social work. Doing my bachelor's in social work, I got to go to Cal State Long Beach and get my master's done in less than a year. Um, wow. In an advanced, advanced standing program. Well done. Um, so thank you. Thank you. So yeah, within five years of my college education, I got all that knocked out. Um, did internships at a drug and alcohol agency called Los Angeles Centers for Alcohol and Drug Abuse. Did an internship at Whittier Union High School District. Um, that led to me getting a job at where I work now. Um, it's called Heredia Therapy Group. Um, it's an agency that supports almost all insurances. There's a couple that we don't, mm-hmm. um, but pretty much any insurance. Um, there's a therapist that could work with people. It's mental health therapy, mm-hmm. um, from couples to families, um, individuals. Um, I, I'm a social worker there now as a licensed clinical social worker. Um, I was an associate associate at first doing all my hours, got it done, passed my test. And yeah, I'm here doing mental health therapy. Um, I do a lot of work with Kaiser um, as a partner with them. I do a lot of work with regional centers. If you're familiar with the term regional center, mm-hmm. um, that's the agency in, uh, in California that works with children with special needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get referred a lot of clients through regional centers, um, directly through Kaiser or through regional center themselves. Ah, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. What I, lo- I loved one of the things you said in your uh, message to me that you're working on developing a nonprofit um, we are. mental yeah. health therapy, <laughs> inclusive and accessible to all. Mm-hmm. That's so important. We found a lot of barriers, at least, um, me working here. Um, mm-hmm. Not that we're causing it, but it's in general with insurances right. and general with people trying to find access to mental health therapy. It's hard and people don't realize that it can be easy, but it's hard to go through all the hoops that insurances can cause sometimes. Um, it's hard finding the right person to connect with. Um, I think a lot of the people forget that you could go to a therapist and if you don't like them, you could request someone different. Right. Um, rather than just not do therapy anymore, just because you had one bad encounter with someone. Right. Um, I really promote that self-advocacy with all my clients that, no, mm-hmm. advocate, even if it's me, just let's have that conversation and let's 
if I could help you with anything, self-advocacy is that biggest tool and key to success. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, as a, as a musician and as someone who works in the mental health field, I would imagine you see things, obviously, through a different lens um, as it relates to addiction and a lot of specific challenges that people in the music industry struggle with. And, you know, there's typically uh, some sort of a mental health component, whether it's depression or anxiety or, you know, a whole host of things that that quite often um, are being, you know, people are self-medicating for. But mm-hmm. but it seems like there um, there's some specific challenges, obviously, in the music industry. What are some of the things that you've come across? Well, definitely there's different takes on that. I guess you mm-hmm. could look at it. Um, with pers- different perspectives of one being addiction is something that it's chemically imbalanced where it's kind of some people are more prone to it than others based mm-hmm. on maybe genetics, maybe on you could go into the whole science aspect of it that there's it's hard. It's yeah. hard to break out of it because of just someone being more prone. Um, the other aspect back to self-medication, you said that that's a strong one. That's a big one. A lot of addiction does stem from people self-medicating um, unresolved traumas, unresolved um, experiences. Um, they might be well aware of what they're self-medicating, or they yeah. might not have any idea. Um, there's so many avenues and aspects that that conversation could go on for a very long time. Sure, um, sure. In terms of support, though, like in what I see, um, it's definitely out there. Um, I really commend you guys doing all the work that you guys are doing and rebuilding up this nonprofit for the family foundation. Yeah. Um, it's needed. It's needed. And being very specific to that, that community, it's, it's a very important goal. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, you know, everybody struggles. Um, it's certainly not unique to the music industry, but, Mm -hmm because musicians are such influencers we thought that you know this no definitely and if that helps anyone make that one step to get the support they need then that's that's really that's that's more than we could all ask for i I always see even with therapy like not that not that i've stagnated or will ever stagnate but i've always said if i could help one person in in this field then i've Mm. done my job in this world And just, you never know what that one life supporting them could do for the rest of humanity. Absolutely. Never know. Absolutely. I was talking with a friend of mine the other day who's been just a tremendous support for me over the years. And she's been clean for 33 years. And that's awesome. Yeah. And, and she's impacted so many people's lives. And, and I was struck by the fact that, you know, when she got sober, when she got clean 33 years ago, she was doing it for herself. But look at all the lives she's impacted in those 33 years because of that decision. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And so I think that's, you know, that's something too, where when we, um, you know, make a commitment to improve ourselves or to, to get better, to work on ourselves, it really does spill over into other areas and to our family and our friends and can have a, a real lasting impact. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. for sure. So do, how often do you guys um, play together at, with the Ruffalos? Like, is that something that you guys are able to do a lot or is it just yeah, a uh, hobby thing? Or? Definitely. I, I guess um, continuing with that, um, when the other two members, um, the drummer had left, we had a new drummer, my buddy Timmy. He's always been around. 
um, gave him a call. Um, it's a funny story of when he, he's always been a family friend, family, basically family member for the most part. Called him up. Hey, can you join the band? He's like, yes, I'm in. And we had a new drummer. We had a big show. The bass player had to drop out. Um, we had a keyboard player at the time, um, Gabriel um, Buzz. I asked him. He's like, I have a friend that could play bass. You should give him a call. He's like, I don't know if he'll want to keep playing. He probably will. We'll see. Um, he filled in for the show, asked, hey, can I join the band? And now we have Nick. Nice. Um, we have a whole horn section now. So, like, everything kind of grew progressively um, as we continued playing um, since from 2017 to now. Um, we've done a lot of different shows. We've done a lot of different events. Um, You've got a pretty big horn section, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, there's a trio. Uh, sax. Awesome. Um, Trumpet and trombone. They're called the Brass Boys. They're they're really amazing. Nice. They play with a, a no doubt cover band all the time. They're they're oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, we're, there's eight of us now. Um. We have a a girl singer that does backups. Her name's Bree. Mm-hmm. Um. We all just kind of started slowly grouping together. We did a last album that we released, and everyone's pretty much on it. Um. Now everyone's on board. Like, no, let's let's make this really become a thing. So we're not re-imaging, but we're really sitting down and strategically like making our next steps. We're strategically mm-hmm. making um, music in terms of, all right, how will this be released rather than um, just record and release? Like, let's have plans in place and to promote it, um, nice. reach out to the right people. And I really think we're in a very, very positive place. Um, we just got featured on Ska Punk Daily. They have like 80,000 followers. Yeah, and congratulations. Instantly, we got like 400, 500 followers from it. It was, it was, it was insane. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was very cool. So we're, we're in a cool spot with our music and everything we're doing. That's a lot of, surrounded by a lot of very important people and fun people to me. Right on. Mm-hmm. So if you, uh, if you had to describe your sound, um, who are the influences? What what's what's somebody gonna hear when they finish listening to this podcast and they go search the Ruffalos? Back to that, and back to another reason I reached out. Um, the first thing people say is Sublime. Mm-hmm. Um, it's we, not that we want to break out of that. We love it. I love it personally. I have a tattoo, and that's why like a lot of the songs probably sound that way too, because that's how I know how to play guitar. It's yeah. the same style, the same upstrokes, the same rhythm that I learned. Um, but it, it's sublime in the sense that I would argue we don't have a genre yet. Um, we're ska, we're punk, we're hip-hop, we're rock, uh, we're jazz. Um, there's so many different avenues that we take our music. And just like how Sublime did, just grabbing from all these different places to make this innovative sound. I feel we're doing the same thing um, as much as maybe someone could argue maybe we're not. I feel we are because of all the influences we have from not just myself, but all the members in the band. Um, there's a lot of cool things that are going to come. But long story short, people say it's sublime. Um, we're slowly getting fishbone now because of our horn section, how energetic mm. they could be. Yeah. Um, which... I that it's very cool too. It's just that whole scene is that's us. This is us. <laughs> that's awesome. And you talked about the healing power of music in your message to me. Obviously that's mm-hmm. a big thing for us 
with Bradley's house is being able to incorporate music into recovery and therapy and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you even mentioned you were considering going to school for music therapy. Have you had some yeah. specific experience in that? Yeah. So um, back to my oldest nephew, um, he receives uh-huh. music therapy. Um, that's where I learned about it. There's a whole avenue of therapy that involves music and it might not seem how people may think about it when you hear it in a general term, but when you really look at it, music therapy could help people with their motor skills, with rhythm. Yeah. Um, music therapy could actually help reconnect different wires in the brain that weren't functioning before. Mm. Um, back to motor skills, back to balance, back to rhythm, back to even speech. Um, in terms of addiction, music could be a very powerful t- tool in terms of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know I've, I've read a lot about what you guys are, are doing in terms of utilizing music as a tool for recovery and storytelling. Is the, that's it. Being yeah. able to, um, in therapy, um, with like cognitive behavioral therapy, there's a mm-hmm. thing called a, a life timeline. Um, so I do this verbally with a lot of clients, um, Let's do a life timeline where we talk about your earliest memories and we literally just go year by year as much as you can remember, as big or small of a memory you have, what are we going to find? We start mapping it out visually, maybe on a whiteboard or something. All right, here's significant points of your life. Here are down points of our life. And you start seeing this line kind of go up and down like a heartbeat machine and there's a lot of powerful stuff that comes out of that solely from the storytelling. Like, okay, after this high, this low, why did this happen? Is there trauma involved? Is it something that you feel has been maybe forgotten that Mm. wasn't, was important or not? Or is it something that, Oh no, that's just an event that played this role in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, I think storytelling in that sense could be used the same way with music. Right. Um, you could like look at it and imagine a group of people just in a drum circle and telling their stories and, all right, today we're focusing on our past. Today, our present, this next song we're going to make together is about our future. Mm. And being able to reflect on that, imagine what could come from that. Right. Imagine just the meanings, the symbolism, the... There's a lot you could grab out of it. That's yeah. why music's so beautiful about a year ago i started working on just uh, like a playlist that was like the soundtrack of my life like different songs that kind of yeah exemplified different times in my life and what i was going through what i was feeling it was really therapeutic to just kind of Mm -hmm. dissect those you know those major moments those milestones or you know those those times in my life and and to associate a song because obviously music is is a big part of my life so to be able to to associate a song with that and kind of put it all together and look at the progression it was it was really really helpful oh that's awesome and speaking of that there's one experience i've had in um, being a uh, licensed clinical social worker therapist here um i had one person that struggled verbally in terms of maintaining an ongoing sentence um there's a lot of substance there but it would take a very long time and if we tried to really dive into it we'd only get so much through the 45 minutes we have, 15 minutes we have in a session. Right. Um, so we started using music of, all right, let's, whenever there was a strong emotion, let's bring in a song that describes it. 
And when I would start reading these songs and looking at the lyrics even more than the song alone, all of that emotion description was there. And now mm. we were able to really drive into our sessions of like, okay, this is how you're feeling. Perfect. Right. Let, let's let's jump into this. And there's so many avenues, and it's it's awesome. All the different things you could do with music. Absolutely. Well, I've said this before on the show. So we had my therapist on at the beginning of the year, and okay. one thing that she always talks about is that instead of college funds, we should all start therapy funds for our children because yeah. everybody could benefit from it. And quite honestly, I mean, oh, definitely. certainly not, not putting down college and it's, it's important for, you know, learning discipline and yeah, expanding yeah. your knowledge and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's but, a whole, yeah, there's a lot. But with most that. <laughs> people could benefit more from that therapy fund than they could a college fund in my opinion. So definitely sure. something. Yeah. That, that's helpful. Well, Rob, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. I think Jarrett has one last question for you. Something he always asks anybody on our show who's a Sublime fan. This one is, uh, there's no wrong answer here, Rob, but just know that <laughs> I, I will judge you secretly. Sounds um, good. <laughs> or Can I ask you the same question after? Oh, yes. Yeah, of, of that's course a great you, idea. Okay. All right, cool. Let's do it. Um, so, um, well, here, I'll just give you my answer right now is jailhouse. So now for you, if you were to come across somebody who has never heard of sublime, not familiar with anything from their catalog, and they were going to give you an opportunity to play one sublime song to let them make their decision on whether they're going to listen to this band or not, what sublime song would you play for them? I like to play... Lou makes friends. Ooh, and like the it. reason for that is because like pass me the laser beam within it. There's like, you could jump into like, this is what they were doing with bringing other lyrics into their songs. Lou makes friends. I like the dog. Um, and then just in general, the storytelling in that song of just having fun, talking about your bandmates. I like that song. I really do. I love it too. Nice. And if you played that for me, that I would be hooked. Anymore. No, nice. not. I would, yeah. I would 100% be hooked. <laughs> I can tell he's impressed with your answer. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I, I like it. I like well, that. And, and back back to having that tattoo on my calf. It's that that album mm. has done a lot for me in terms of my own healing in terms of just mm. listening to music, learning music, learning storytelling. Kind of taking taking Bradley's approach on writing songs. Um it it's helped me a lot. It's really cool. It's I I'm very can... appreciative. I can totally, um, I could totally relate to that album. Um, and it means so much to so many diehard Sublime fans because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, after Brad passed, we got a bunch of, of, you know, we got Stand by Your Van and Acoustic. Um, and they did a, uh, a best of secondhand smoke, which was pretty cool. But, um, you know, it was, 10 years later, because that album came out in 06, Everything Under the Sun, I believe. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm shooting from the hip here, but I'm pretty sure it was 06. And so it was 10 years later, and it was just this amazing mix of songs that you had never heard before. Yeah. <laughs> and also songs that you have heard before, um, but just Brad's different takes on them. With, mm-hmm. with just And there's just- that rawness to the recording recordings. It's very... I, I enjoy kind of hearing. It's almost like you're in the living room with them where they were recording. Yeah, it, it's it, cool. 
it was just so amazing to be able to get fresh, new, sublime uh, songs and uh, and just, you know, and there was the radio interviews on there and uh, it was an amazing compilation. So I, I know exactly where you're coming from, mm-hmm. from, a, uh, from a sublime fan's point of view. Uh, that was an awesome opportunity to, to introduce a ton of new shit that uh, I, I don't know if we would have gotten any other way. Yeah. I, I have a I have a question for you, Kelly, really quick before we we work towards finishing. Um, with with the nonprofit and as you being like the executive director, um, just for my knowledge, and this might help people that listen to. I got a bunch of social worker friends. Um, what barriers did you jump into with making your nonprofit? Because like I, I'm having barriers with like um, waiting on the IRS to confirm us like as nonprofit status and things like that. Yeah, we when we first started the foundation, we didn't know anything about nonprofits. Um, yeah. Both my dad and I have a background in business, but you know, nonprofit is has a whole other. It's set a whole of new world. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. It took us about I want to say six or seven months, I think, to get our um, nonprofit approval. So that it is a lengthy process, and we were mm-hmm. warned that it would it would take about yeah, six months. Definitely. Um. So that was a challenge. Also, there's so many more things. Like we had paid somebody to set us up as a nonprofit and assumed that they did everything that was supposed to be done. Um, <laughs> over the next like year or two, I started discovering all these things. That all the little things, done. yeah. Yeah. So God bless Google. You know, if it weren't for, <laughs> if it, if it was Legal Zoom, then yeah, I, I we're, we're yeah, going to do the same thing. <laughs> it's just it's a challenge. It really is. But. um and there's so many different hoops to jump through and that kind of thing. Yeah. But, and you know, and then just not knowing, I had a friend who worked in nonprofits. So I sat down with him and I really just tried to just soak up any information I could talk to anybody who was running a nonprofit, find out some of the things that they did that helped to be successful and that kind of thing. Um, and so for us, it was just, it was really just a general learning curve, you know, of getting Definitely. started and, and I'm still learning things all the time. And I wish that I had, you know, been able to just stop everything in my life and, you know, put my job and my family and everything on hold and maybe, you know, learn, go to school and learn about nonprofit management and that kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. um, at some point I, I would like to, but, but we just were so focused on getting started and getting the house open and what can we do to help people. And so that's really been our focus this whole time. And we're just, we're not doing it because we're experts at nonprofits. We're doing it because we have a heart for, for people exactly. that struggle with addiction. And so sometimes, you know, that's, that's all it really takes to kind of get to motivate you. You know, it's not easy. Um, I, I work a full-time job in addition to running the foundation full-time. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of work and it has to be something that you're passionate about. Otherwise I can't imagine why anybody would do this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I, I hear you there. <laughs> yeah. But you know, there's so many people struggling it as you see, and it's not just addiction, but mental health, all these different things. People are struggling and they don't know where to get the help. They don't know where to get the information. Um, I love that you focus on self-advocacy. That's huge. But most people don't even know where to start, don't even know yeah. the questions to ask to find mm-hmm. the help that they need or the resources and that kind of thing. So I just, you know, we've always just sort of focused on being a conduit, on being able to um, provide connections for people. And slowly but surely, you know, here we are. It'll be five years in July since we started. And um, we're hoping to have an announcement very soon, but things are things are going really well. And, and I think we're getting close to being able to open the house. So, um, you know, it's just, yeah, Yeah. I I wish I had something more concrete, but we really, it's just like kind of learn as you go. And, um, 
it's not always perfect and it's not always pretty, but you know, we're helping people and, and that's really what it comes down to as obviously, you know, you just, yeah. you put in the work and you make yourself available and, and, you know, find the needs and, and do what Definitely. you can to help it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my, really... my, my strength comes in grant writing and I started mm. writing grants and working on it and realized there's a lot of paperwork that had to be done before you Ugh. could even get yes. your name out there. And it's like, Oh right. shoot. All right. Well now, now I'm a nonprofit maker and let's, let's work uh, on this. Let's figure this out. <laughs> right. Well, you know, we're always looking for a good grant writer, Rob. So we'll definitely <laughs> keep in touch. Um, so tell me if people want to hear more by the Ruffalos, where can they go? What's your website, your social media, all that. Yeah. Um, if you could check us out, um, our, our label, we, we actually made a label because we record nice. all our music ourselves. Um, at my my new home, I have a tracking room and I have all the oh, recording fun. equipment to to save money. There are a lot of uh-huh. horror stories with some um, recording in the past, but mm. now now we have it all and we're able to do it. So the label's called Murano Beach Records. Um, nice. It's an homage to Murano Beach, if you've ever heard of it, back in like Pico Rivera, Whittier. A lot of mm. people went to this area where it was just water running under a street and <laughs> they called it a beach and... That, that's the history of it, and love we love that. it. It's, that's it's where we're from. Um, so the, Murano Beach Records, um, our Instagram's at Ruffalo Soldiers. Um, we're on everything, Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music. Um, we do have a website that's under the label. Um, our Instagram has a lot of our information, and we have a lot of things coming up. We just got on Bands in Town. Um, mm, we just um, actually just met with the original tour manager of Real Big Fish, and Got a lot oh. of insight and advice from him, and had a Fantastic. had a very cool meeting. We're trying to network and meet the right people. So Great. a lot of big things coming from us, hopefully. Wonderful. And mm-hmm. any shows in the in the coming weeks? That we Long can... Beach, actually. Long Beach, um, the Pike Bar. Yes. The Pike Bar. Um, we will be there on June fourth, Saturday, June fourth. Fantastic. Yeah, we will be there. And then actually Sunday, June 12th, we'll be at Alex's Bar in Long Beach. Oh, I love um, Alex's. We, we have a lot of people pushing us to get back to Long Beach. So there we go. Great. Well, shout out mm-hmm. to Alex. We absolutely love him. Oh, yeah. That venue. Good people. Great yeah, spot to see a show. Anytime you guys want to come and provide any of your vendoring, we'll, we'll definitely hook oh. you up and promote for you guys. Let us know. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're mm-hmm. definitely excited to check out more of your music and I'd love to yeah, come please do. to the show sometime. Right thank on. You. Well, thank you so much, Rob. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us and share thank some you of your experience me. and your knowledge. So thank you again. And I look forward to seeing you live. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Look forward to seeing you guys. Thanks, Rob. Well, Kelly, once again, you've pulled off another amazing guest and what a perfect guest for everything that we talk about here. He's just got so many different backgrounds and experiences. It was just so cool to be able to have somebody come on and, and kind of know both of our worlds. Absolutely. And such a great guy. We really appreciate all the support from the Ruffalos that we've gotten over the years. Like I said, they were one of the first to reach out and and want to be a part of what we were doing with the Knoll Family Foundation of Bradley's House. So we certainly appreciate that. Yeah, and I hope I hope that he does get those lollipops out at the merch stand that he's selling those <laughs> Ruffalo suckers because I think he's I think he's missing the boat if they don't. Oh. But uh, either way, it was uh, it was so awesome to have them on, and uh, 
guys, if you are listening, uh, make sure you go ahead and follow their social medias and know everything that's going on with them. And it'll be nice enough to share whatever links that are available in the description of the show. Uh, it means so much when you guys can support our guests. Um, they come on here and chat with us. You guys go ahead, check them out and get introduced to, uh, to something maybe you weren't familiar with. And, uh, of course the, uh, the Ruffalos have some shows coming up. He mentioned, right, Kelly? They do. In fact, you can, uh, get all of their show dates on their Instagram, Ruffalo soldiers. That's R U F F O L O soldiers. I know they're going to be at Pike bar in Long Beach on June 4th. They're playing an afternoon show at Alex's on June 12th and sea salt in huntington beach on july 1st among others those are just the uh some of the southern california dates but definitely if you're in the area go check them out that'll be a great show yes absolutely guys and of course if you guys enjoyed this interview you know why we're doing it uh we're here to spread the word about the Knoll family foundation and raise funds to get bradley's house up and open you can go ahead and click on the link tree uh description in the show description and that will get you to all things Knoll family foundation you guys can find out how you can uh share the podcast pick up some merch off of the website uh, and also stop and see us at Cali Roots coming up at the end of May. The Noel Family Foundation will be out there and we'll have t-shirts and uh, pins and hoodies and hats and all sorts of really cool things. Uh, and like I mentioned before, if you guys can come and just buy it all on day one, then <laughs> we'll have n- nothing left to do. That's so, right. Except just, have fun and enjoy ourselves because Cali Roots is always a blast. In fact, this year they're doing four days because they missed the last two years due to COVID. So make sure you grab your tickets for May 26th through 29th. We will be there all four days, as Jarrett mentioned. And you can grab your tickets at CaliforniaRootsFestival.com. That's California Roots festival.com we are super looking forward to it jared will be out there with me as well as anna our producer and it's going to be a great weekend so if you do come make sure you stop by and let us know that you have been listening to the podcast because it always makes us so excited and i'm always stoked to know that somebody's actually listening (laughs) yeah it's so cool when people come up and say oh we heard you guys on the podcast so it really uh, is (laughs) make sure you stop by pick up some merch and uh, remember, guys, hoodie prices go up 25% when the sun goes down. So <laughs> make sure you come. Not. What do you mean they do not? They can. I'm, that's <sighs> All right. They'll be the same price all day. But make sure you stop by and, uh, and say hello. Pick up a sticker. Get some merch. Um, we'll be out there. And uh, I am definitely looking forward to it. The lineup is just stacked. So um, it's going to be a, an awesome time and happy that, that Cali Roots is finally back. Um, yes. And guys, if you want to hear uh, your brand, uh, your company, or your upcoming event featured here on Bradley's House, you can go ahead and reach out to us at Bradley's House Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to be able to do that and share that with all of our listeners. Uh, I'm super excited about a lot of stuff that's coming up. Kelly, we're going to be announcing a lot of things. I know we keep saying that, but guys, I'm telling you, there's <laughs> things that are going to be announced and you are going to be happy. So, um, Super excited about a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes with the Noel Family Foundation um, and Bradley's house. So keep an ear out for all of that. Make sure you're following everywhere on social media, the Noel Family Foundation, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. There's always updates that are being thrown out there. Um, Kelly, every single week, 
we end with a song. And uh, this week, we are going to be letting everybody out with a song from our guests. Uh, this is Special Yesterday from the Ruffalos. Guys, make sure you check them out. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Jared Orr. She's Kelly Noel. You don't have to go home, but it's time to leave Bradley's house.